We're about to start the parak. Uh, we've mentioned a few times already in Parak Yidala, we started this, that it says about Hashem coming down to intervene in the world. It says ten times a lot of Yerida in Chumash, that Hashem came down. So we said the first one was when He came down to check on Adam and to, to come, at, come down on Adam and Chava for eating from the Etzadas. The second time was in the previous parak where he came down to intervene by the Migdal Bavel. Now we're going to talk about the third time that Hashem came down to intervene in the world. Yerida Shlishis, the third Yerida, the third time Hashem came down, Shiyarda Kodesh Baruchul is when Hashem came down to Stoim. Shinamah, as it says in the Pasuk, Hashem says in, the, in, in Parshas Vayera, Erda Nove Ereb, I'm going to come down, I'm going to descend and see the end of the came down to see if that which the, the screaming that's coming to him did they really do that people are going are calling out to Hashem and crying we're going to see that further in this parak and Hashem came, came down to see, to judge storm to see if it's if it's really true. Oh my Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hashem said, Dover Gadol Shani Asid Lasa is Ba'ilami, and Yimagid Lavram Oyavi. This great thing which I'm going to do in the world, this great meaning, like important thing which I'm going to do in the world, I'm going to tell my 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 love my beloved Avraham Avinu. I'm going to tell him about it. Hashem says in the pasuk, but Hashem Amar, Hashem said, "Am I going to, am I going to hide from, am I going to hide from Avram that which I'm going to do to stone?" So Hashem decided he's going to tell Avram Avinu that he's going to go out and destroy Sudan. HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself with three angels to Avram Avinu. This is the beginning of Parshas Vayera. Shemer, it says in the Pasuk, Vayisa eina vayar, v'hinei shleisha anashim. Avram Avinu lifted his eyes and he saw, and behold, there's three men. And we're, saying, we're judging that anashim is a lashon of malachim, men, angels, ish, ishim, also called malachim, they're, 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 those, are, those are the three angels. What are these three angels? What are, what are they coming to do? Echad Hizchil Mevaser Yisoy Al Heiroyin Beten Shilsara Ishtoy. One of the three angels came and began to tell him, inform him about the pregnancy of the stomach of his wife Sarah. Shnemer, because it says the pasuk Lamayed Ashuv Elachal. This time I'm going to return to you. One second, and the the Marzu says no. It's really supposed to say a different pasuk. It says Shayv Ashuv Elachal. Because that's the pasuk of the Malachim speaking to Avraham Avinu. The, the pasuk that we have the gear says Lamayed Ashuv Elacha. That's really Hashem speaking to Avraham Avinu. In the previous parsha. In the previous parsha, correct? Um, maybe. Either that or, or or later on in that parsha. I don't remember. Because after the Malachim, then Hashem comes and says it to Avraham Avinu again. No, I, I was going to ask the question. Did in the previous parsha, Hashem comes to him and says, "You were going down to Sinai. Right. So Sinai next year." That, and then I asked the Shailah, but in the next week's parsha in Ba'era, the Malachim are going to come and tell them the same thing. Right. So the Radal answers that question. Oh, so the answers that question. I was, gonna, I was about to speak this out. The Radal answers that question. And the end of parsha is already told the that he's going to have a kid this year. And now he's sending a Malach again to tell. Which is three days later after right. the birth. So, so the Radal says that 
when did when, when Hashem said it in Parshas Lech Lecha, that was Stam to tell him that he's going to have a kid. When he's coming now in the beginning of Parshas Vayera, it's telling him, oh by the way, your wife is pregnant. Not just that you're going to have a kid, that right now she's already pregnant. Yeah. That the gross Kiddush that he had relations at that time, and secondly, the bigger Kiddush that she was pregnant for a year. Right. That, that's that, no, that's not so. That that that's that. First of all, doesn't bother me so much because you could say that she was pregnant for a year. Also, you could say that the Malach never said that I'm going to come back the day he's born. It says I'm going to come back and he's already going to be born. Different Mepharshim speak about exactly how that works. Like, what was he trying to say? But you're right. The, this Radal was a huge Kiddush. The other, the other Pshat that they say is that in the end of Parshas Hashem told Avram Avinu. But Hashem never told Avram Avinu to tell Sarah what's going to happen. So, therefore, Hashem, in the beginning of Parshas Vayero, the Malach is telling it to, to Avram and to Sarah. Because Sarah didn't know about it. The Pir Sharan al says a huge Chiddush, or at least what I think is a huge Chiddush, that I think that it was before Matan Torah, a Nevuah was only, it was a private matter. The Nevuah was only for you, it wasn't for, uh, to tell anybody. I think that's a, that's a Chiddush. But, the Chiddush because she was also in Nevuah. She didn't get that Nevuah. Yeah. But, so the first Mala comes and tells him that, that Sarah is going to have a baby. And one Malach comes to tell him about what's going to happen to Sadaim and Amoira. Shemar says in the passage, The crying of Sadaim and Amoira is very great, and that's going to cause Hashem to decide to destroy Sadaim and Amoira. Or as we say, we say in English, Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what the Pshat in that is, by the way? Because. You, you know the chat because the iron was could could because so, if you if you have like a real like brisker iron so it somehow so, sounds like a G so it was transliterated by the Greeks in the in the in the in the, in the, in the Targum Shivan they translated Amora as Gamora and the same thing with Aza it became Gaza. Melech HaGolam Anoyulam Yeah, I saw once Yeah, I once saw a Chumash that was printed in I think it was in Amsterdam maybe and it had, it was, no it was in English so maybe it was in England, I don't remember it was, it was printed somewhere it was, it was in Hebrew and English and it had like the names of the Parshas in English and it had like for Parshas Tazriel it said Fazriang and Mitzorah was Mizorang with the NG at the end. That, that's where the, the ayin becomes a G. Sodom and Gomorrah. So the first Malach came to tell him that they, they're going to have a baby. The second Malach came to tell him that Hashem is planning on destroying Sodom. Mikan Amru, from here we say, Anyone who has to speak to his friend about something which is a G'nai for him, which is a disparaging or something bad for him, First, you start off with something good, and then you'll tell him something that doesn't that, that that's that's not according to his will, something that he doesn't want to happen. So, like you know, you don't have to ask somebody. All right, I have good news and bad news. Should I tell the good news first or the bad news first? The manager is saying here: first, always say the good news and then say the bad news. That's what 
Bemerkung, die ich wusste, ich werde beim Elbs sowas vor den Waschen, wenn die damit speaking, was der Big The Bad News, right? Ja. When you reveal himself to Avram Avinu, he began to inform him about the pregnancy of his wife Sarah. And then he told him what's going to be with Sarah that he's going to destroy Sarah. Because the Radal speaks out, there's two Nakudas over there. First of all, that Avram Avinu was a nice guy. And he, he wants people to survive and to do good to the world or whatever. And to him, hearing about the destruction of Sodom, that's considered bad news. So Hashem first told him the good news and then told him this bad news. And the second Lukud of the Radal says is that Sodom is, is in Eretz Yisrael. And we know that Hashem already promised Avraham Avinu that He's going to give him Eretz Yisrael. So when I'm telling you that Sodom is going to be destroyed, I'm basically telling you that this city, which is eventually really going to be part of your property, or part of your territory, is going to be destroyed. So that's like bad news for him in a way. So Hashem had to, so Hashem decided to tell him the good news first and then the bad news. That's one Nukuda. The other Nukuda is like this. So we said that there were, there were, there, there were three Malachim. The first one came to tell him about Sarah being pregnant. The second one came to tell him about the destruction of Sodom and Amara. What happened to the third Malach? So the Manish doesn't. The Manish over here doesn't speak about the third malach. There is no third malach. It, it, it said that there were three malachim, and only said what the well, first one did. The second one didn't say what the third one did. So there's a, a slight machlekes between the Gemara and the Medrash, Rishis Rabbah, what the third one came to do. And the Radal basically wants to say that either way, there's, you can understand why the Blessed didn't bring it. So there's the Gemara in Baba Mitzia, Daf Pevavim and Beis. The Gemara says. It says Shlesha Anashim. So Gemara says, Manin who Shlesha Anashim. Who are these three peop- three men? It says Michal, Gavriel, and Rafael. Those three Malachim. Michal, Gavriel, and Rafael. Michal Shabal of Sarah. Michal came to inform them about Sarah being g- going to have a kid. Rafael Shabal Rapay as Avram. Rafael came to Rafael came to heal Avram Avinu. Gavriel Azal Amapchel And Gavriel came to destroy Sudan. And I guess to tell them that he was going to go destroy Sudan. So these are the three Malachim, Rechoel, Rafael, Gavriel. And Rafael, who's not mentioned over here, I guess, is not mentioned over here, he's the one who came to, to heal Avram Avinu. Now, the Radal says, so why doesn't Pekadabalazer mention that? So he says, because we don't see in the Psukim that the, one of these three men came and healed Avram Avinu. It doesn't say that Avram Avinu was healed because of them. So therefore, since it's not before in the Psukim, we didn't want to say it. Pekadabalazer didn't, didn't feel the need to speak it up. The other, the other pshat is the Gemara, the the Bedrash and Breshis Rabbah in the beginning of Parsha Nun says that the third Malach Rafael came to save light. Michael came to tell about the news that Sarah's going to have a kid. Rafael came, Gavriel came to destroy Sodom, and Rafael came to save light. Right. So the Radal says an interesting idea. He says that according to Pekah the Blessed, we're going to see later on. That really Hashem was going to kill Light with everyone else in Stein. Really, Light deserved to be killed. But Avram Avinu's tefillahs helped that Light was going to be saved. But at this point, what we're holding before Avram Avinu's tefillahs, so Light was really going to be killed with them. So there is no third Malach to save Light. Light didn't deserve to be saved at this point yet. He's, he wasn't supposed to be saved yet. So Adal says. Right, so the Tesis in, in Bab Messiah brings, the, he brings, the Gemara says, that 
um, that Rafael came to heal Avram, and the Gemara and the Medrash says that Rafael came to save Light. So Tayson says, Ah, it's a steer. What did, what did Rafael come to do? And we know that Amal can't do two things at once. So the famous Tayson says that no, saving Light and healing of Rabbi, it's the same type of thing. It's the same type of mission. Saving and healing, it's like it's helping a guy out, sort of. Inyan Echad. Rafael, Batsola, Inyan Echad. That's what Tayson says. Interesting idea. It's also Rashi. Also Rashi. Rashi Khomish? Yeah. Okay. Same, same, uh, same and Mikhail, the Gemara says that Mikhail was the one who saved light. Mikhail came to save light. And we said that Mikhail was the one who was Mavasar Sara that she's going to have a kid. Rashi, the Tesis brings that the Medrash says that the one who saved light was Rafael. The Gemara says that the one who saved light was Mikhail. How does that work out? How is Mikhail's job of saving light and giving news about Sarah giving birth, how does that, how does that fit, fit into one mission? So the Mahalach is like this. I don't remember who says this, but this is a famous idea that a lot of people say. That Mikhail is the Tsar of Klal Yisrael. Mikhail is the angel of Klal Yisrael. So his job is to ensure the survival of Klal Yisrael. So that means that being Mavasar Sarah, that she's going to have a son, and saving Light, who because of Light was saved, we're going to have David Melech, and we're going to have Shlom Melech. Shlom is going to marry one of the descendants of Light, Nama HaMainis. Because of that, it, it, both of those Nakudas fit into the general picture of the survival of Kali Yisrael. So they both fit into Michal's mission. Because Michal is the Sar of Kali Yisrael. With the Pasuk in Daniel that says the Michal Sarchem. Michal is the Sar of Bnei Yisrael. Michal? No, the Gavriel is something else. I don't know. Gavriel is, is like Russian Gvura. We, we, we mentioned before that Gavriel is the Malach of Aish. And he makes fire, he, he's like destru- not, din and destru- not dis- din destruction, whatever. but Mikhail is dafka to, to help out. They say that Mikhail is the, is the, is the Kain Gadol in the Beis Amidah Shalmala. He's like the. Has ever heard when Yaakov was wrestling with Amalek, some people say there is Mikhail? Mikhail? I don't know. It could be, it could be. I don't know. I'm just gonna. I have a good imagination. Samuel, they say. Sammy. Our good friend Sammy. Uh, I don't remember that they say that, but it's an interesting thing that I was a little bit bothered by it this week, and I, I looked into it because last week we we were talking about how when Hashem split up the world, so He took seventy angels and He made a lottery, and each angel got its own nation, and Kalisol got Tafka Hashem, right? And the Ramban talks about this in the, in multiple places in the Ramban and Chumash and the Ramban and Drushes Teres Hashem Tamimo that Kalisol is different from all the other nations that we don't have we don't answer to a Malach we answer to a higher authority directly to Hashem. So then the question is, so in what way is Michal the, the Malach of Kalyusol, the Tsar of Kalyusol? Every nation has a Tsar. And we just said that Kalyusol doesn't. So how, how do you say that Michal is the Tsar of, of Kalyusol? So, the Rambanim, so I found, finally found that the Rambanam himself asked this question in Parshish Zacharemes, Parak Yud Ches Chof Hei. 
and he says that basically that, that Michal's job is sort of like to like help Kali Yisrael get their tefillahs to Hashem. And other places, Rav Meisha de Leon has a sefer called Sefer Rimon. He's the one who found the Zayar, Rav Meisha de Leon. So there's a sefer called Sefer Rimon, where he says that Michal is the Tsar of Kali Yisrael. Not that they get Shefa from, from Michal, like the other nations get Shefa from their Malach, but rather that that this sar is who he, like if there's like a machlekes between like the different nations so this is the sar that like represents Christ. so it's like our foreign minister to the other to the other nations something like that okay i, I don't know exactly how to understand these type of things but the, the mufarshim asks this question and they speak about it so those are the, those are the names of the different malachim there's a, the three jobs that they did over here fine so Hashem said that he told Avram Avinu that he's going to destroy Sidon. What was Avram Avinu's reaction? He began to daven and, and beseech Hashem about Loit, his, his nephew. He started davening to Hashem that, that his nephew Loit should be saved. Avram Avinu said in front of him, the master of the universes, in the same way that the rush dies, that's the way that the tzaddik is going to die. Shinema, as it says in the pasuk, ha'af tispet tzaddik im Russia. Is the tzaddik going to perish also like a, like with the rasha? A tzaddik is going to. In the Baisa Godel says that ha'af tispet tzaddik im Russia. Tzaddik is Russian yachid. So it sounds like Avraham Avinu was, was davening in general for Stam to be saved, but specifically because of a certain tzaddik, referring to uh, understanding that, that that that's light. That's that, that's the understanding of, of the Medrash over here. The Radal brings from the Zayar that it sounds like Light wasn't really such a tzaddik, and Avraham Avinu Dafka didn't daven for Light. He was davening in general, but Pirkei Zebeleza seems to be saying that no, he was davening Dafka for Light. Yeah, what? Russia also. Yeah, I know. I was bothered by that too. I, I actually wrote that on the side, and then, and then I sort of crossed it out because I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much of a kasha that is. It makes Lloyd sound like a good guy. Makes Lloyd sound like a good guy. After all the bad yeah. things we're saying about him, we, yeah, we, we didn't say anything bad about Lloyd yet. But, but it's a shame. We'll, we'll, we'll see what the matzav is in we'll, Stoyim and we'll, we'll see what happens. Omar Lloyd Kaddish Baruch Hashem said to him, Avram, Avram Chayecha Bizchus Chamishim Tzadikim Eslach Lestem. I swear that in, uh, by, your, by your life, that in the merit of 50 Tzadikim, I'm going to forgive Stoyim. Shneimar it says in the pasuk, im emtza v'stoim chamishim tzadikim v'eslach l'chol v'neisam. If I find in stoim fifty tzadikim v'eslach l'chol v'neisam, I'm gonna I'm gonna forgive them for all their affairs. The only problem is there weren't fifty tzadikim in stoim, so it wasn't a gap. But the matter says we can From here we say im yesh chamishim tzadikim ba'elam. If there's fifty tzadikim in the world, b'tzit kasam ha'elam aymed. In their in their in their righteousness in their zechus the world stands. And the Radal brings the Gemara Chulin. There's 45 tzaddikim. The world is going to stand. I don't know. I don't know what this what, what this really means because I I always understood that even in the zechus of one tzaddik the whole world is going to stand. Like the Gemara says, Rabbi Chnida ben Toisa, the whole world is standing because of Chnida ben Toisa. So I I don't know why you have to come out to 50 tzaddikim, 45 tzaddikim. One tzaddik is enough, no? Uh, also, Shosh What? Yeah, the Lamed Vav tzaddikim. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
What does that come from? Lamed Vav Tzadik. It's a Gemara? It's a Gemara Sukkah? Because, uh, uh, yeah, whatever. From here, um, I'm sorry, I skipped line. He kept continued praying and, and beseeching Hashem until Roman got down to temple. From here, Chazal said, if there's ten tzaddikim in a place, in this chus, that place will be saved. Hashem said, I'm not going to destroy it because of 10 people. So if there's 10 people, I won't destroy that place. It sounds like, it sounds like in this message, like, if there's 10 people in a place, that place won't get destroyed. But if there's 50 tzaddikim in a place, the whole world won't get destroyed. But 10 tzaddikim is not enough for the whole world. That's, a, that's what it's saying. 10 tzaddikim is only... But I don't know if that makes sense. Because if it's going to save its place, that means it's saving the whole, the whole world. Because if the whole world is going to be destroyed, that means that this place also won't, be, won't exist, no? So I'm not sure how... What? If 10 Sadiqim could save one place, doesn't that mean that, 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 that the whole world won't be destroyed because the 10 Sadiqim saves it? No, yeah. I mean, well, means this place will... Just this place and everything else will be destroyed. That's what it means. Well, 50 Sadiqim, then they, they could save the whole world. Even if they're scattered in different places or whatever, so that it's not gonna go to they're not gonna go together to one place. Okay. Now the now the Medrash offers a a, a, a a picture. We're gonna try to paint a picture of like what was going on in Stoim and like why were they so bad and what were the bad things that they did and, and why do they get, deserve to be destroyed? Rabbi Zira Rabbi Zira says. The people of Sudaim were from the richest people in the world. Because of the good and fatty land that they were dwelling on, that any need which, which, which comes in the world could come out from this land, anything they needed they got from their land, so because of that they were from the richest people in the world. Take out the next few words. The Bayes and the Radal say that that's, the gear says not, it's not supposed to be here right now. It's supposed to be in a few lines afterwards. When a person wants to go out and buy a vegetable, he would tell his slave, Go and take this Isser, which is a temple coin, go and buy for me with this Isser. Uh, a yarek, a vegetable. Who He would go and go to buy it from his, for for the, for his master a vegetable. Um, he would find gold in it or under it. Shneret says the meaning that the the dirt in the ground that the vegetables were being grown in had gold in it. And you would just like pick up a vegetable and you'd get rich off of picking up a vegetable because the vegetable had gold. The Baisagodl says that, no, it's not such a chiddush to say that there was gold in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the land. There's gold in a lot of places in the world. You go to California, right? And you, you go gold mining and you take, you take dirt and whatever and you, you sift through it and you find flecks of gold and you put it together and you get you know, a gold nugget or you can get a gold, find a gold nugget here and there. And, it's not such a big deal to say that there was gold. That's where gold comes from. It comes from the ground, right? It has to be somewhere. 
So he says, the chiddush is that you can get gold and get rich off of it without even having to do anything. You're just plucking a, a potato from the ground. Well, they didn't have potatoes. Whether you're plucking a, a garlic from the ground and, and they, they get rich off of it because it's gold. The chasav and there was... Oh, Shinema, it says the Bible, the Afres Zahav Loi. There was dirt of gold for them. For, for him, whatever, for them. That's possibly an eel that the, that the bench over here is darshan that's talking about stone. And there was silver coming out of the land of stone. It says the possibility because there's a source for kesef. Precious stones and gems came out of the land of stone. A place of its stones are a place of it's. It's a place of where sapphire are its stones. Sapphire is sapphire. There was bread coming out of it. The land from which, from which comes out bread. I'm not sure if it means literally that bread came out of the land. Like it was like growing bread. Which is like shtigalnes. Or it just means that like they had successful grain production over there. So they were very rich and successful. And they didn't and they didn't believe in the shadow of their creator. Rather, they believed in their great wealth. Because rich richness riches push away from those who have riches, the fear of heaven, because they believe on their own strength and they don't believe on Hashem, and then that pushes away their fear of heaven. Yeah. The Avigdor Hanchek, the writer of what's his father in Rashi, points out in the Varen many, many psukim that relate wealth to then Hakar Sato to Hashem for Ochel. Yeah, Vaishman Yishun, Vaivat, Shomanta Visa Kasis. Yeah, there's a lot of psukim like that. Right there, yeah, there are there are psukim that definitely allude to this idea. Something we see over there. Okay, um, let's do a little bit of Gemara first. The Gemara in Mishnah Sanhedrin, uh, in the last parak of Sanhedrin, parak Chelik says, The people of Stoim have no Chelik in Elam Haba. The Gemara is in Sanhedrin Daf Kuftes. For some reason, I like reading out of the Ein Yaakov instead of reading out of a normal Gemara because it has Marsha on the side. But the Gemara brings a pasuk about describing Sudaim of Ma'id. The people of Sudaim were evil and sinful, very much so to Hashem. So the Gemara Darshins, what are these things? Royim Chatoim Hashem Ma'id. These are talking about four different Nakudas. What it says, Royim Begufam. They were bad with their bodies. Mechatoim Bemamainam. They were they were sinful with their money. La Hashem is talking about Birkas Hashem that they were blasphemous. They would curse out Hashem. Ruchulu. Ma'oid is talking about Shvichus Damim. That's what the Gemara says. Um, I say Gufam. Yeah. In 
in Sefer Yashar, we're going to like jump between like the Gemara, the Medrash, and the Sefer Yashar, and a few different Dukudas over here. But in Sefer Yashar, it says that they had a minigan, Sudayim and Amoira, that once a year, they would go out to this, to this um, plain, which is about a half a day's, a day and a half's walk from where Sudayim was, and there were all kinds of uh, uh, produce growth over there, and, and springs, whatever, and they would go out there for four days a year. Everyone, the whole city would go, the men, women, children, whatever, and they would, they would dance around with tupim b'chilis, and they would all be happy, and they would do whatever they want. And nobody would say anything. You could do whatever you want. And it's a hefker. Four days a year, you could do whatever you want. They would do that during the day. And then at night, everyone would go home and, 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 and be normal. Then the next morning, they would go out again to this place. Yeah. That, that, that's... That, it's a day and a half travel. How do they go back the next morning? Um, I don't know. Maybe it just meant that they, they would go back to their tent. It says they, everyone would go back to their tent, at, oh, to their so own tent at night. Out of so yeah, maybe they were camped out of there, uh, something Woodstock, like that. Cool. Yeah, Woodstock. Yeah, that's a good marshal. So that, that, that's, that that's, could be that's what the Gemara means when it says that the Anshistim were Royim Vachatim. Royim is Begufam. They would do things like this. So Vachatim is Bemamainam. In what ways were they chayte with their mon- with their money? So the Gemara says, and this is really uh, echoes the similar idea that we said over here in Pekat the Blazer. Tan Rabbanan Anshe Sedaim Leinus Go Ela Bishvil Teva She Yishpiel Ela Kadosh Baruch Hu. The people of Sedaim only became haughty because of the goodness that Kadosh Baruch Hu granted to them. And then it says, Amru Amru. They said. Once we have this land, that there's bread coming out of the land, and there's in the dirt we have gold, and we're like so rich and successful and powerful. Why do we need to have visitors coming into stone? We don't need them for. The only reason why a visitor would come to stone because they're trying to take us away from our money. So we're going to come and we're going to eradicate the concept of visitors or tourism from our land. So nobody's going to come and take away our money. We're so attached to our money, we don't want any visitors. Because visitors, the only reason they're coming is because they want to buy things or whatever. They want, they want us to buy stuff from them and we don't want to lose our money. We don't want to have to give them our money. And, and everything we need is already here. So we don't want people visiting our land. And we're going to see that they, they launched a whole campaign to try to make sure that people never come to visit Stone. If you live here, you live here. You don't live here, we don't want you. You're not welcome here. It's genius. They're not, the whole point of that is that they're not giving. Right. They're only keeping. So the whole worth of the place down there now is that it does because it doesn't give off any of it. So I would. It's called the Dead Sea. Uh, and the Kinneret, which gives to there, has life in it. Oh. Uh, because it gives. It gives. The Dead Sea doesn't give. There's. I would just, if we're, because in the context of what we're learning it over here is, last week we were talking, last two weeks we were talking about Migdal Bovel, and, and, and now we're talking about Sudan. So I think there's, there's an interesting difference between Migdal Bovel, the people of Bovel and people of Sudan. They're both bad, 
but they're bad in slightly opposite ways. No, no, I, I don't want to get into that. I know you want to get into that, but that's uh, the people of Migdal Bavel. I would classify as they had sort of an, a, a, a socialist or, or or even communist economic system where every, everything was together, and we're all the same, and you have to share everyone equally, v'chulu v'chulu, and everything is shared. That was, and, and then that, their downfall was sort of when, when the cracks started coming into the wall, and then people started having their own ideas, and then they tried to do things. But that was, that was, that was Anche, uh, the, the, the Tower of Bavel. I think Stoim is the exact opposite. Stoim were extreme capitalists. They believe, I have my money, I worked hard for it, I don't want to give it to anybody, why should I have to lose my money first? And you really, they wanted to hold on to their money as much as they can. You can hold on to your money too, I don't care. As long as I hold my money, you have... This idea is expressed um, most, most clearly in a Mishnah, in Mishnah's office. Abba Midas Badam, Perakhayam in Mesachas Ovis. Abba Midas Badam, there's four types of people in the world. Ha'aymer Shali Shali, Vishalach Shalach. A person who says, What's mine is mine, and what's yours is yours. Zumida Beninis. That's like uh, uh, an average person. Vishalach Zumida Stone. So people say, That's Midas Stone. Shali Shali, Vishalach Shali, what's mine is yours, and what's yours is mine. That's Abba Arts, because that doesn't make any sense. Right. What's mine is yours, and what's yours is yours. That's a chassid, because I'm, I'm, I, I, you, you have your own rights, your own property rights, whatever, and I'll let you use for mine. That's a chassid. Rasha. A person who says what's mine is mine, and what's yours is also mine. That's a rasha, because he thinks everything belongs to him. But what the, what the Mishnah says is mida benenis or mida stoim is what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours, and I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want you to take from me. I'm not going to bother you. Everything is beseder. Just leave. Just leave me alone. That's that. That's the halach of stem. The Gemara in in in, in a few places in Shas uses the idea of stem slightly differently. The Gemara says there's a concept called koyfin almidas stem. Could we force a person almidas stem? The, 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 one of the cases in Balbasa Daf Yudbeis I think it was. The Gemara says that you have two brothers. And one of them has has one of them has a field next to his father's field, and then the father dies. Right? And the question is, you know, how to divide the father's properties? So can 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 this the brother who has a field next to his father's field? Can he force his other brother to give him dafka that field as opposed to a different field? If they're obviously talking about they're equal in in, in the value or whatever, can he force him? Because you know, it, it's it's easier for me to have a field next to my field than to have another field, to have a field here and a field across the town, right? So Gemara says, "Koyfin al That brother can force his other brother to give him the field that's next to him. Why? Because it's called I'm getting a hanah that I get a field that's next to my my, my pre-existing field, and you're not losing anything because you're getting a different field which is the same value. So you don't lose anything, and I get something, right? So the Gemara says you could force a person to, to, to do it. So you see that the Mahalach of Midas Daim is, and the Rabbeinu Hananel on that Gemara says, Midas Daim is Shali Shali Bishalcha Shalcha. You see that the Mahalach of Daim is that, you know, I don't care about you. I want this field, even though I'm not going to lose anything by giving you this field and taking a different field. I don't care. I want this. So what's mine is mine. It's mine. 
Or we'll, or we'll take this field and we'll split half of this field, and the other field will split half of that field. But I want this. That, that, that's the Mahalach of stone. But, so we said that they, 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 engage, they engaged on a campaign to get rid of visitors. Let's read a little bit weiter in the in the Pirkei Blazerim. Rabbi Shua ben Karcha Oimer. Rabbi Shua ben Karcha says, "Loy chasal kveid koinam lish bar oichel loyreach v'lager." They didn't care about the covet of a shem to supply food to guests and to sojourners, to to visitors and to and to guests. But a pasul, why does this have to do with the covet of a shem? So Radal says, because we say in Baba Basra also, it says, A person who gives a puta to a poor man, he's zeicha to be mekabal the shechina of Hashem. And the Gemara in Shabbos famously says, Because Abraham Avinu was in the middle of talking to Hashem, and then he sees these three visitors coming, and he's like, oh, hold on Hashem, I have some visitors. We right? mean uh, talking to Hashem. How can you say that? You have visitors? No. Being accepting guests, visitors, is more important than talking to Hashem. And these people, if they don't, if they don't think that, that talking to Hashem is important, so they're not interested. They're not interested in being They're not even interested in giving money to poor people. It doesn't. That's not their interest. Oh. Pascal, so what do they do? So the manager says an interesting thing what they did over here. They took all the trees and they cut them above where the fruits grow so that no one will get enough from them, even the birds of the heavens. It's not clear exactly what this means. Pashtus, what it means is that you know the, the, the trees grew fruits and then the rest of the tree above that, above where the fruits are growing off of the tree, is like, I don't need it anymore because I got the fruits from the tree. What do I need the rest of the tree for? So they just cut it off because they don't want anyone else to get on it. They don't want the birds to be able to like land on that part of the tree and make, make nests or whatever. So they, cut, they just cut it off. The Radal says like an even bigger chadish. Like, they cut down all the trees down to their stump. It was just like a stump. That way the, the birds can't use it to land on. People can't take from the fruits. Nothing. There was no use for the trees. I don't know exactly, it's hard to say that such a pshat because we're saying that they're gaining all, their, all these different things from the land itself. But if they're cutting down all the trees, what are they gaining from the land? Like, I'm not sure. Uh, somebody told me this pshat last week. Yeah. And uh, they, the way they said it, I don't know if they were, they're coming from anywhere, but they said that they could only, I, the way it sounded was that there were fruits they could, they could get to. Yeah. And there were fruits over the door. Oh. Ah, oh, yeah? Oh, that's yeah, a good shot. And, and they didn't need them, they already had a whole bunch of fruits. But in the economy, they would cut, cut off the rest of the fruits and like, throw them away or whatever, so then nobody else could eat. So nobody else could eat. I hear. So they were, they were too, they didn't even want, they were too lazy to get on a, on a ladder or something. But they just didn't need all the fruits. Right, so, uh, so anything above what they needed. Easily, but then they would go extra mile. To make sure that no one else can get it. Even the birds. Yeah. No, for sure visitors, but even the birds. Yeah. A, a path that even an ayat, which is a type of bird, didn't know. Fine. Rabbi Nisanal says, They put upon themselves judges, judges of falsehoods. Meaning, the Radha says that, that when they appointed the judges, they appointed the judges, that you're going to judge falsely. 
We want you to be a Dafka bad judge. We're going to speak more about the judges when we get to the, the Gemara. is going to talk about a little bit about the judges. Any visitor or guest that would enter Stoim, they would uh, harass them in their dinim. And they're twisted dinim. And they would leave them out naked. It says the Pasuk, The Barzu says that that Pasuk is really talking about Klai Yisrael. So he, he finds it difficult how it's exactly going on Stoim. The talking about like Yechazka was giving Tarach to Klai Yisrael. But this is what, what, what it says. That they would, they would try to mess them over and leave them out. In Breshis Rabbah, Parsha Nun, Simen Zion, it says it slightly differently. It says, any guest who would come to storm, you they would rape him, and they would take his money. That's what they did. That's why they're called sodomy or sodomizers. That that's where it comes from. It comes from storm. It's interesting that like like in the Goyish world that the word is based on storm. But if you look in the psukim, it doesn't say anything about mishkov zacher in the psukim. It doesn't say it. Rashi explains this. Rashi explains Chazal explained it that it's talking about Mishkov Zohar. They said, send them out so we could know them or these different things. Pasha says, knowing them is having relations. And they were, they were That's right. what we would say. But if you, if, you, if, you were, if you were Christian and you read the Bible, the Bible says we want to know them. No? So obviously they're relying, they're relying on our Messiah when they came up with that expression. If it was to know them, that would be a good thing. Come and fuse me. I want to get to know you. No, the, we are okay. I hear. I know. I always, I always thought that the, 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 they were relying on our Messiah and had to interpret that, that parsha. and they were satisfied with all the produce of the land. They were sitting. In, in security and tranquility and 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 quietness, without any fear of war from all their surroundings. And remember, this is like only twenty six years after the big war with the four kings and the five kings. They they won. You're right. They won. But you know, it wasn't. It sounds like they're sitting here and they're and they're they're all happy and and peaceful and they don't think they can't imagine that they would ever have to go to war because they're like they're tranquil. But it's only like 26 years or so after the, that, that Muhammad. I forgot how I made that husband. But that's what it says. They were, they were satisfied with all the goodness. And they didn't grab with their hand a a loaf of bread. Not for an ani, not for a poor man, which is even a, a person who's even poorer than an ani. Right, you have like the matanas levyanim, and evin is a, a, a certain level of, of poorness which is lower than ani. Like the, 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 the people who are like very yeshivish, like you have to, you have to like mamish look for evin, dafka evin, not ani. It's like it's like a whole. Shneimer says the pasuk he knows that haya avoin This was the avera of stem your sister that 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 they didn't give bread to poor people and they they weren't interested. Fine. Now we're going to go through the Gemara and a few other a few other stories over here about the various of Stein. And as I said, next week we'll go more into the story of the destruction of Stein and and what Lloyd, what was happening with Lloyd and his family over there in Stein.
The Gemara in the of Kuftes continues, it says, Darish Rava, Rava said that one of the things that they would do was when they would have a guest who came to Stoim, they would have him, they would have him put, they would put him next to a kir natui, uh, a wall that's like about to like fall over, and then they would like push the wall over, and then they would, and they would take his money. What does that mean? So the Marsha understands that what they would do is they would have they would put him next to the wall that's like about to fall over, and then they would like tilt, push over the wall, and the wall would fall and, and 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 you know get destroyed, and then they would say, "Oh, you knocked down this wall! You have to pay for it." That's what the Marsha says, and they would, and, they would, and with that they would take all his money. The way that Ben Yoyada explains it from the, the Ben Yishchai is a safer on, on the Gemara called Ben Yoyada. The way he explains it, he says that what they would do is they made a law that. Anybody who dies in time that doesn't have any apparent heirs, so the government automatically takes all takes all of his possessions, and I guess they would split it between all the the population or something like that. Sort of like in California, there's a law that if a person dies and he doesn't have a will, the government automatically takes his money. No. My mother's in the That's what she does. If they have if they have no descendants, then yeah. They have no descendants. They have no one to go to. If they have a, a brother is uh, if you have a if a guy has a brother and he doesn't have a will, it goes automatically to the brother. Some some relative, yeah. Some order. relative. Maybe there's an order. Maybe there's not. Maybe they fight for it. That's what my, that's what my mother does for a living. Yeah. When that happens, the government. What the government does do though. Sorry. They take a tax, right? Sure. No. So one one. If the, in this case, when you don't have a will, they take a larger tax. Ah. Also, the law states how much you have to pay the lawyer. Oh yeah. So for the lawyer who handles it, it's called a probate. When the lawyer handles it, they get by the government a certain chunk, a good chunk of the money. Good chunk. If it's a, it's good a percentage sum, or it's a or it's a, a, a set amount. It's a good sum of money. It's a good chunk of money for the lawyer. So it's almost like a heaven sense when you get a good probate because you're going to get a lot of money, and it's not even it's way above your own charging fees. Why did the but government do? Go why did the government do that? <laughs> the lawyer, lo- the lobbyists. Ah, okay, fine. No, I was under the impression that if you don't have a, a will, that the government t- confiscates. You're just saying it takes a larger percentage of the of the taxes. I don't know if that's 100 percent true, but it do take a larger. I don't know. Is that like a like like to have a death tax? Oh, he died. Let's take some of his money. I don't know. Okay. Akaponim, so the, the Ben Yoyada says they made a law. They have guys without any, any apparent heirs, so the, the government takes his money. So they would set up that any guests that come would like somehow mysteriously get killed or die or whatever, and then they would just like take all his money. That, that's how they would get his money. He says another, another thing what they would do is, the Gemara says what they would do is, you would have a guy that, you know, or, or a guest or something, and they decide, no, we want this guy's money. So what do they do? I would deposit with you some balsam, which is like a good-smelling spice. It's a, a very strong-smelling spice. I would deposit it. I'm saying, can you you watch this for me? Hold on to this. Okay. okay. So what do you do? You take it and you like you'll hide it in your safe or in your or, or you dig it in the ground or whatever. Or you put it with all your with all your treasures and all your your savings accounts or whatever. Right. Then in the middle of the night, I would come with like a. I would come. Like a like a dog, and go around sniffing, let's say your house or your property, and try to find where does it smell like balsam. Find where it was, go over there, and then I would get back my take back my balsam and take all your money that you were hiding there with it. That's what the Gemara says. 
And then the Gemara brings a, a, a funny anecdote. It says that Rabbi of Tsipari was saying this over once in a drasha. And it says that that night there were 300 tunnels dug underground in Sipari of people that did shtick. Because Rabbi Yesi said it over in the drasha. And they, the next day they came to him and they were, they were, and they were complaining to Rabbi Yesi. Rabbi Yesi, why didn't you say this in your drasha? Now you're giving Eitzas to the, to the Ganovim how they could steal things. So Rabbi Yesi said back, he said, how was I supposed to know that the Ganovim were coming to, the, to my drasha? <laughs> That's the says. When Gemara says they made a rule in Stein that a person who owns one ox, so he has to watch all the all of all the all the cattle of the people of Stein for one day. A person who doesn't have any oxen, so he has to watch all the ox of the people of Stein for two days. It's, like, what? it's fair, right? The Gemara says there was a story. There was once uh, an orphan who was the son of a widow. So he didn't have any oxen, so they made him watch all the oxen of Stein for two days. And he was there and he was watching it and he got so upset, he decided he was going to kill them all. He killed all the, all the oxen. So they came over to him and he came over to them, to, to the people, and he said to them, Look, the, 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 the law should be that anybody who has one ox, so he should take the carcass of one ox. And anyone who doesn't have any oxen, he should take the, tar- the carcasses of two oxen. And they said to him, my, what, what, what shekels, my high? So he said, no, save dina, ketchilas dina. The, the end of the din should be like the beginning of the din. Just like the beginning of the din, if you don't have any, so you have to watch it double. So at the end of the din, if you don't have any, you get to take double. It doesn't say, it doesn't say what, they, what they answered him. The Gwai says, they made a law that anyone who comes to Stein through a ferry or by crossing a bridge, and it's not clear what the word Mavra over here means, either a ferry or a bridge, he has to pay one Zuz to get into Stein. And if he comes into Stein without crossing the bridge or taking a ferry, he has to pay two Zuz. That's what it says. says the Gemara says that if a person had like a whole row of bricks that he was going to use to build something, or he had a whole patch of garlic that he planted or whatever. So then each guy would come and take one brick or one, one piece of garlic. And each another guy would come take one piece of garlic right, until there was nothing left. And then when you, if you screamed at each guy, he'd say, what do you mean? Well, I only took one brick. I only took one piece of garlic. What's the problem? There's only one piece. But everyone took one piece. There's nothing left. Okay. That's what they used to do. Kabbalah says... That there were four Dayanim in Sudan, and their names were Shakroi, which means liar, Shakuroi, which means like great liar, Zaifi, the forger, Umatsli Dina, a person who who inclines the din, who or who, who messes up the din. Those are the the, the names of the four Dayanim. In Medrash Rabbah, it says five names. I don't remember what it says. But in Medrash Rabbah, Parshish Par, Rabbah, Parshanun, it says five names of the Dayanim instead. In Sefer Yoshur, it says that really there were, there were, it says that really they had different names. Their names were Sherek, Sharkar, Zavnoch, and Monoin. And Eliezer, Evan Avram, we're going to say later on that he came to Storm one time. So he gave them these, these, these names that the Gemara says. Shakurai, Zaifai, Shakurai, Shakurai, Zaifai, Mazli, Dino. 
But it's a interesting point. But so they made a law. They said if you hit your wife's friend and she has a miscarriage, Loyalino. So what's the halacha? The halacha is your friend has to give you his wife, so you should impregnate her and 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 be, and be mashlim. She 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 used to be pregnant, so now it's your responsibility to make your friend's wife pregnant. That's how corrupt they were. Said if you cut off your uh, the ear of your friend's donkey, yeah? so the 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 halacha is you get to keep the donkey and and you you're in charge of raising it whatever it's yours until his ear grows back. Good luck. <laughs> if you if you wounded a, uh, your friend, yeah, you 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 gave him a good punch in the face and he started bleeding and he was wounded. So the halacha is. You can say to him, you should pay me for bloodletting. Bloodletting is, is a real profession, and I cause blood to come out of your body, so you have to pay me for letting out the blood for you. And then it says that they made a takana, that anyone who pa- comes into Stoim through the bridge or for a ferry, you have to pay four zoos. And if you come in, if you go, walk through the water without using the ferry or the bridge, you have to pay eight zoos. I'm not sure if this is a steer to the previous one that said one zoos or two zoos. Now it says four zoos and eight zoos. Maybe when these Dayanim came, they made it like more homer. I don't know. And the Gabbai brings a story to illustrate this. This is one time there was a, 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 a guy who, like a professional uh, laundry guy, who came into Stoim and they said, Oh, you came, you, you're here. You, you have to pay us four zoos. So he says, no, 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 I, I, I didn't come through the bridge, I walked through the water. So, so oh, so he gives eight zoos. So, so he said, no, 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 I, I'm not paying. Okay? So the guy all upset at him, and the guy punched him in the face, or, or hurt him, whatever, and he started bleeding, they brought him to the Dayanam. So the Dayan said to him, not only do you have to pay eight zoos because you didn't cross the bridge, but also you have to pay the guy for bloodletting for you. That's the Dayan Paskin. Gemara says, Eliezer Evet Avram one time came to Stoim. In Sefer Yosher it says that it, it brings down the story a little bit differently. It, it, it brings down the story that the Sarah sent Eliezer to go to Stoim to look after Light, to, like, to see like, how's Light doing, whatever. I guess she herself didn't want to go there. She's not going to go to Vegas to go visit her brother, but she wanted to know how he's doing. So she sent Eliezer to like, you know, see how, how he's doing. He's a big Evet. He can take care of himself. He's a big Evet. <laughs> big boy. Oh, if he was like that's what he was saying. Right. So, so Eliezer Abed of Ram comes to Stoim, and the guy over there gave him a wounded him. So, 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 so the guy wounded him, and, and then he said, "Yo, pay me, cause I, I, I did bloodletting for you." So they came to the Dayanim, and the Dayan said to Eliezer, "Yo, you have to pay me, cause he did bloodletting for you." So Gemara says, so what did Eliezer do? Eliezer took a rock or a stick and he, he, he hit the dying in the face and the dying was bleeding. So Eliezer said to him, look, the money that you owe me for, for, for doing bloodletting for you, he says to the dying, the money that you owe me for bloodletting for you, so you, you pay him and then I'll, I'll keep my money. Agav, the, the Akhredim bring down from this Gemara, they bring down an interesting idea. There's a halacha called Shibuda Derbi Nasan. If Reuven owes Shimon money and Shimon owes Levi money, 
Right? So Levi doesn't have to go to Shimon to collect his money, and Shimon will have to go to Reuven to collect his money. Levi can collect the money di- directly from Reuven without having to go through the middleman. I call it the transitive property of Shibudim. Right? And in mathematics, you have the transitive property that says that if A is B and B is C, so you can say A is C. Forget about the, the, middle, the middle case. So if Reuven owes Levi, and Shimon, and Shimon owes Levi, Levi can collect directly from Reuven. So there's like a shadow in the in the place game if that if that halacha applies also to bnei Nayakh or not to bnei Nayakh. So they wanted to bring a ride from this gemara that it also applies to bnei Nayakh. because Eliezer said the money that you owe me you you pay that guy because I owe him and I'll keep my money. Okay, it's not clear because you're dealing with stoyim. I don't know if you can bring a raya to what the halacha is by bnei Nayakh. I don't remember who brings this raya. I think I think it was the shayla meishiv. I, I I seem to remember, but I, I I don't quote me on that. Well, it's recorded. So one day we're going to listen to this recording and I'm, I'm, and I'm going to be jumping up and down and say, no, 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 it was really such and such safer. Or I'll look back at my notes and see what it is. But, yeah. The Gemara says that they made a rule in Stoim that if you invite a foreigner to a wedding, so the guy who invited the foreigner, so, so he, we, we, what we do is we take off the guy's clothing and we send him out on the street naked. The guy who invited the foreigner. So it says that Eliezer went to Hasana and no one was giving him any food at the Hasana. He wanted he wanted to eat something, but everyone recognized that he was a foreigner, so no one was giving him any food. So what did he do? He sat down, he sat down by the meal, and someone would ask him, Oh, who invited you? So Eliezer would point to the next guy and say, Oh, he invited me. So then that, that guy, that guy would be like, wait a second, they're gonna like strip me of my clothes and send me out. So the guy would like run away. Quickly before they, they, they before they would take his clothes away from him, and then Eliezer would go sit down next to the next guy, and they would ask him like, "Who are you? Where are you from?" Like, "Oh, this guy invited me." And then that guy would also get nervous and run away. And he did it the whole suda until there was nobody left. And then he ate the whole suda by himself because there was no one around. <laughs> That's the guy says about Eliezer. Um, another a famous thing the Gemara says. That they had a bed over there in Stoim that that the the and any guest who comes to Stoim would dafka sleep on this bed. And basically the the the, the rule was that you had to fit exactly this bed. If you were too tall or too short, they would make you fit the bed. If you were too tall, they would cut off your feet so that you would fit into the bed. If you were too short, they would stretch out your body so that you could fit into the bed. The Ben Yayada has the whole pshat exactly why they did this and how they set it up, but I don't remember exactly how how that pshat worked. No, the, 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 that's that, that's what they did. So, so the Gemara says that when Eliezer Eved of Ram came to Stoim, said it's no, come, why don't you come lay down on this bed? So he realized that that's what they do with this bed. So he said to them, no, 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 I made a nether that from the day that my mother died, I don't sleep on a bed. I only sleep like on the floor or whatever. So that's how he got. That's how he got out of it. He got he got to keep his feet. Um, the, there's another gears in the Gemara that says that he, from the day that Sarah Yimenu died, he made this narrative that he's not going to this week's partial Sarah Yimenu died, that, he, that he's not going to but uh, that, that gears doesn't make any sense because by the time Sarah Yimenu died, Stoim was already destroyed, right? So I'm not sure how to justify that gears and the, the Gemara says another thing that when they would give when, they, when, when a poor man would come to Stoim so basically what they would do is they would make up that everyone's going to give him money but nobody's going to sell him any food or drink. 
He, that's what they would do. So each guy would come and they would they would give him a dinner, a certain coin, and they would write their name on the coin with him. And everyone would come and give him a coin, but they would nobody would sell him any bread. So he'd be stuck there with a lot of with, with a lot of coins, but no bread. And eventually he would die out of starvation. Then every guy would come back, find the coin that had his name on it, but and take it back. That's what Gemara says. Um, another story is brought in Sefer Yashar. A story is brought in Sefer Yasher about Sdaim. And I, it's, a, it's a whole long story, but basically, there was a guy, there was a guy who came from a faraway land called Elam, which is like near Persia or whatever. What? Well, <laughs> a guy called, who came from Elam, and he, was, he came to Sdaim, and he had, his, his, he had a donkey, and his donkey had this very fancy. Let's call it a carpet. I don't know, like a colorful carpet or something, and and that was it was tied to his to his donkey. It was a very very colorful, you know, very precious, beautiful item. And he came to Stein, and you know, as the halacha is in Stein, when you come, no one's going to accept you as a guest, right? And basically, he was sitting in the street, and no one was taking him in. And there was this guy who was a really bad man, and Sefer Yasha says his name was Haydad. That was his name. And he saw this guy. And he tells this guy, Where did you come from? So he says, Oh, I'm going, I'm on my way to Hebron, and I came from Elam, and I'm stopping off over here. So the, this evil man named Haydad says to the guy, So oh, come with me. You'll, you'll stay by me. Don't, 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 don't sleep in the, in the, on, the, on the street. I'll give you, I'll give you bread and food and everything, and, and I'll give you, you know, food for your for your animals. Don't worry, come with me. So the guy comes in, and Hazel brings him into his house, and he, he 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 takes down he takes down this colorful blanket from the from the from the donkey. He unties it, and Hazel takes it and he hides it somewhere in his house. And then he gives food and drink to the guy and to his to his donkey, and the guy sleeps there. Comes up in the morning. And, he, and, 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 and the guy wakes up in the morning and he's ready, he's, he's going to go back on his journey. And the says to him, no, come, sit, let's eat, we're going to have, a, we're gonna, we'll, we'll enjoy ourselves, right, fine. So he comes, he sits, he eats, whatever. And then and, and, and they have a whole meal together. And the guy's like, okay, now I have to go. And then Hazel says to him, no, look, it's, the, the sun is already going down, it's not going to die, stay another night. And then, and then we'll go. So he goes, yeah, the mosque. So he says, okay, fine, I'll stay another night. So he stays another night. And the same thing happens. He wakes up the next morning. He says, you know, I want to go. He says, no, well, let's have a meal together. Fine. So they have a whole meal together. And he eats, and then he goes to sleep. The third day, he wakes up. No, I want to go already. So, 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 so the guy says, okay, fine, let's go. So he, he helps him set up everything, whatever. And then the, 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 the guy says, the guy, um, oh, Hader's wife says to him, and he says, Oh look, this guy—he was sitting here in our house for like days, and he was eating and drinking and whatever. And like, you know, he didn't give us any food, any money for it. It's like, don't worry, I'll, I'll take care of it. Right? So the guy goes out, and then the guy says, "Oh, by the way, um, where's my my colorful my colorful carpet? Where's my special carpet, my Persian rug, right? That you that you hid somewhere to like to hide it, to to keep it safe. Where, where is it?" So Hayda gets up and says, "Oh." This is the, the, the interpretation of the dream that you saw. The, this rug, the colorful rug, is, it refers to a vineyard that you're going to plant and you're going to grow all kinds of different orchards and all kinds of different fruits. 
and and uh, and the, the the rope that you use to tie it onto the donkey that represents the fact that you're going to live a very long life, like a long rope. That's the interpretation of your dream. So the guy says, "What do you mean? No, I, I'm not talking about a dream. I'm talking about I had an actual carpet, like a fancy carpet over here, and it was tied to my donkey. What, what are you talking about?" I don't know what you mean. I told you that, that's the shot in your dream. You had a fancy carpet, and the fancy carpet means you're going to have a vineyard and an orchard, and the, and the long thing is, is referring to the fact that you're going to have a long life. But that's the interpretation of your dream. What do you want from me? It's like, no, no, no. I, I'm not talking about a dream. I'm talking about real life. I really had this. This is what you're supposed to give to me. So, no, 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 no. You, 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 you obviously, you're dreaming. This is the interpretation of a dream. Now, please give me my four. My, 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 my four pieces of, of silver because usually I, I, I interpret dreams for people and that's my profession and, and people give me four pieces of silver but you know because you're a good friend you know, we, we had shackles I'll only charge you three pieces of silver please give me my money and the guy starts screaming and saying no no, no so what they do they went to the Dayan and so they went to the Dayan Sharek who, who Eliezer called him Shakra uh, Shakra whatever they went to the Dayan, and, and, and they, they were telling him, the Dayan the says, and they said over the story, you know, I, I, brought, I had my carpet, my fancy carpet, whatever, and, the, and, 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 and a string to tie it to my donkey, and he's, he's claiming that he didn't have it, and he's like, no, 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 he doesn't say, no, it was, it was a dream, he's telling me a dream, and I explained to him the dream, and the Dayan says to him, no, everybody knows, everybody knows that this guy, Haydoid, is a dream interpreter. Right? And you asked him to interpret your dream. So he interpreted your dream. So you have to pay him. And the guy's like, no, it wasn't a dream. It was real. And they were fighting, fighting. Right? So basically, in the end, in the end, he made, he, the, the time was behind to, to pay all these things. <laughs> they just, he's just like, the safe just just like keeps repeating, like, like no, I had, I had this stuff. And he's like, no, it was a dream. It's like, it repeats it a few times. That's why I'm just like, I'm reading through it. Uh, I'm trying to see, and then ba- basically they just kept screaming at each other, and the, and and the shafer just like sent them all out. And basically, what happened was he he sent them out of his court, and the the whole city of Stoim came and gathered around the guy, and they, they they kicked him out of the city, and they started screaming at him and throwing things and whatever. And the guy ended up um, using going on his donkey, and he was just crying, and you know that's what Stoim messed him over. That was his his experience in Stoim. Okay. On that good note, we'll stop over here. And next week, we'll see we'll see the continuation of stone. Good to work.